Eye on 2020 episode 261. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Okay, hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020. Going to make this a quick short show today just because I am feeling under the weather. I'll probably be sneezing, coughing, and hacking up all kinds of crazy stuff if I keep on going too long, and I do not want to uh, make y'all have to deal with all that, so let me go ahead and give you guys the update on everything that's going on, okay? Iowa debacle happens and all that. I don't think that the Democrats are going to have Iowa as their first primary in a couple years. I'm not sure if it's goes along with the Republicans and the Democrats always doing it, but I think it gives them good publicity. That's why they do it. It's because it's good publicity to have all of the candidates, Republican and Democrat, in one state to see how they line up, to see who gets the most turnout on those days and stuff. I think that's probably why they all line up on the same day. I can only imagine that's the reason why they do it. Um, But with that Iowa debacle, that's what you've been hearing, is that everyone's complaining about it and stuff, and that this won't happen again and everything else. Um... We know that Pete Buttigieg and uh, Bernie Sanders ended up winning. They were both basically tied. Buttigieg got less overall votes than uh, than Bernie Sanders did. I think Bernie Sanders got like four or 5,000 more votes. But then a couple of the districts, I guess, turned towards Buttigieg and with like, like a coin flip of some sort because it was completely even. So that's why they ended up... Uh, that's why it ended up that Buttigieg won because he got the most delegates. Or not the most delegates. Yeah, I guess the most... Um, precincts or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what they called them, but that's over and done with. That was all just, you know, whatever craziness and all that that happened. Uh, The Iowa Libertarian Party had a straw poll done as, not a straw poll, but their, um, they had their caucuses as well. So the Iowa Libertarian Party, I guess they were doing a caucus which I don't know why they would do that, but I guess that's just, maybe it's the law in Iowa or something that you have to caucus. So they did theirs, and it ended up that uh, Jacob Hornberger ended up winning by like a landslide, like 50 something percent of the vote, I think is what it was. Um, the guy with the boot on his head, uh, Vermin Supreme, he only got like 2 or 3% of the vote. So it was a good turnout for Jacob Hornberger. It kind of puts him in the lead on the Libertarian. It was more for publicity than anything else. You saw it on some Libertarian sites that Jacob Hornberger ended up winning the caucus in Iowa, but, you know, that didn't make national news by any means, like, I wouldn't expect it to make national news ever either, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just the Libertarian Party, we probably had 300 people show up to it, I was trying, I think I did the numbers, and it was like three or 400 people that actually, uh, showed up, so, that, I mean, that's not too many, but for Iowa, maybe that's pretty good, who knows, uh, then, the big news, though, is that Joe Biden just slid, like, he did not do well in Iowa, and then that really destroyed him going into New Hampshire. Like, his poll numbers were just sinking fast. And he was not winning in New Hampshire, but he was kind of tied in New Hampshire for a while. And this is what I wanted to talk about today, guys, is that the Democrats, I don't think that they are really voting based upon 
who can beat Trump. I really don't. I don't know that Joe Biden could beat Trump. I don't think I, I... I've said that in the past that he might be able to, but as his campaign has continued to go on and on, I don't know that he can. I don't think he has the fighting power. I don't think he has the um, the energy to do it. I've heard that you go to his little town hall events and stuff, and there's like 50 people there, and there's just very low energy. Uh, and then one of the things that he said leading up to the New Hampshire primary is he said that they could let, or we could nominate Mickey Mouse, and Mickey Mouse would win against Donald Trump. Anybody would beat Donald Trump. And that goes completely against the message that he has, which is, I'm the only person that can beat Donald Trump, right? That's the message that he's had from the very beginning, and that's the message that they're trying to go with, is like, I have leadership experience, I've worked in the Obama administration, I am the person that can beat Donald Trump. Like, that was his message to his people. You elect somebody else, they might not be able to beat Donald Trump, and then all of a sudden he's on the news saying Mickey Mouse could beat Donald Trump, anyone could beat Donald Trump, then that just completely takes away his entire message. That's like Walmart, whose message is everyday low prices, saying, you know what, everyone else has low prices too. That's all that is. I mean, that's that's you're, you're destroying your entire message by saying that. So, uh, coming up to New Hampshire, people were saying, is his... Is, Joe Biden's uh, campaign floundering. Is you know is there something go is there something going on within that campaign? Is he going to last through New Hampshire? If he does lose New Hampshire in, in a bad way, is he going to be going? Is he going to be able to go on to South Carolina? Like everyone's been wondering about the campaign and how it's going to continue to go on. Amy Klobuchar, all of a sudden after the last debate, she starts taking on a lot of. Like she starts getting lifted up in the polls at that point, and she took a lot of people away from like Pete Buttigieg, who had a bad performance in the last debate, and that was right before New Hampshire. So she's getting boosted up in these polls. People are starting to see her as a good alternative to the Bernie Sanders world from the moderate's perspective. She is way more moderate than Bernie Sanders. Obviously, she's just uh, she's probably way more moderate than uh, even Pete Buttigieg. People who just running the moderate ticket, but I don't think that he's a moderate by any means. And so Amy Klobuchar is starting to move up in the polls. And then New Hampshire happens, and they did not have a debacle, guys. They did not. Ends up by the end of the night, they declare it. Bernie Sanders wins by like four or five thousand votes or something like that. I think he got like twenty six percent of the vote. Pete Buttigieg gets twenty five percent of the vote. Amy Klobuchar gets like twenty one percent of the vote, something like that. And then there's Elizabeth Warren that come in fourth place. And this is her neighboring state, by the way. And she goes in fourth place with like 13 or 14% of the vote. And then you got, um, in fifth place, you have Joe Biden. Like, he fell all the way down to fifth place from leading in some of these polls in New Hampshire. The campaign is floundering. That's what they're saying on the news. Now the people are going to start believing that, too. He picks up halfway through the day on the on the voting day, on election day, in New Hampshire and flies down to South Carolina. They say, are you seating seating New Hampshire now? Are you seating New Hampshire? And they said, he was like, no, I'm not seating New Hampshire. We're going to, you know, go fight in South Carolina as well. But the reality is, is where is his campaign going to go? And I just, it kind of shows with Bernie Sanders getting such highly, or high amount of votes, it just shows what the Democratic Party is. It's like they're saying that they want somebody who is not part of the mainstream also. The Republicans in 2016 
they wanted someone that was not part of the mainstream. They wanted somebody that was uh, outside of Washington. They wanted somebody that had that was not part of the establishment, is what it was. And the Republican Party fought Donald Trump. A lot of big names within the establishment movement within the Republican Party fought against him. They had the never Trumpers. But now, with Bernie Sanders, they're going to have the never Berniers. They're going to have all that stuff. Like they're, they're even saying that the party's trying to figure out a way to fix the, um, the national convention that they have in order to make sure that Bernie Sanders does not get the nomination because he's so far outside of the mainstream of the Democratic Party. But to be honest with you guys, I don't think he's really that far outside of the mainstream of the Democratic Party. If you look at 2016, he had the same exact message in 2016 as he does today. Nothing's changed. Zero. Nothing's changed at all. And he was getting about 50% of the vote in every single state primary. He was getting about 50% of the vote. It was him him and Hillary Clinton going back and forth, battling back and forth, they went right up to the end. Finally, she gets enough delegates to get the nomination. But let's say 50% of the Democrats that voted in the primaries still voted for Bernie Sanders, pretty much. Hillary Clinton thought it was going to be easy. I'm going to run uncontested. A few weak candidates by Iowa, they'll drop out. And if they go past Iowa out by New Hampshire, they'll drop out. And then all of a sudden, Bernie Sanders wins New Hampshire. Not going around with like 30% margin or something like that. It was insane. So Bernie Sanders has a lot of loyal followers, but he also has a message that does resonate with a lot of Democrats. So is he's that far outside the mainstream of the Democratic Party? I don't think so. I don't. I do know that they, that the Democratic Party, it seems like they don't really want Bernie Sanders to be that guy. But who knows? I mean, I'm I'm not sure if that's even just... I don't know if that's just the news speculating. I don't know if that's the news trying to create news or what. And a lot of times that probably is what it is, is that they're just trying to create news. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Bernie Sanders, man, he is the front runner, followed by Pete Buttigieg. And they're probably tied. They're probably neck and neck. And I called this, actually. I was looking through a lot of my tapes and different recordings that I've done and stuff. Tapes, what did I just call it? Tapes, for that shows how old I am, right? I was looking through some of the recordings of the pre- of the past shows that I've done, and it was like last June, I was calling him as possibly someone that could win. I said, I said I'm pretty sure that he might be the nominee, but it just depends on how things go, and anything could happen within that guy's campaign, obviously. But I was saying it from there. I think I was even saying it in May of last year that this guy Pete Buttigieg really has a chance to take the nomination. Around September, October, after he had one or two challenging uh, debate perf- performances where he didn't really stand out, I said maybe not. But then he had a really good b- debate performance. I think it was in October or November. Just stand out debate performance. And I think that's what threw him back over the edge because he started to take Iowa at that point. He was spending lots of money in Iowa. So he might end up getting the nomination because. They don't want Bernie Sanders to have that nomination. They might try to steal it from Bernie Sanders again like they did in 2016. It's possible. Pete Buttigieg has the money, guys. When Bernie Sanders talks about those eight billionaires that have, you know, donated to his campaign or whatever, like, 
that's not eight billionaires donating the $2,400 that you're allowed to donate. That's eight billionaires that have these massive parties of like thousands of people that pay $2,400 or whatever that maximum amount is to go have dinner while Pete Buttigieg speaks. So if you could get a thousand people in a room and each of them pay $2,400, which, or donate $2,400 to the campaign, that's a lot of money raised in one night. And if those eight billionaires can get those people together in a room and donate, then that eight, that, that billionaire, yes, does have a lot of political pull at that point. That billionaire will have the ability to go to Pete Buttigieg and say, hey, listen, you want to have more parties like that where we raise, you know, $10 million in one night? You want to have more parties like that where we raise this much money in one night? Yeah, you better sign off on that bill. You better do as I say. He who controls the money, who he who has the money controls the person that wants to get reelected. I've said that in the past a hundred times, guys. So yeah, Pete Buttigieg, definitely somebody that's probably going to be a front runner going into South Carolina. I don't know that a lot of South Carolinians like Pete Buttigieg, though. We'll see how the polls go. In Nevada, it looks like Bernie Sanders is pretty much going to be hands down the winner there. But the next spot for Pete Buttigieg, and Amy Klobuchar for that matter, and Joe Biden for that matter actually, is South Carolina. Those guys have to fight hard for that not for the for the win in South Carolina. You got two weeks. It's gonna be a long two weeks for poor Joe Biden, man. It is gonna be a long two weeks while all of the media counts him out. What's it gonna do to his campaign? So my have the um the mighty fallen in that situation, right? Now someone else that dropped out of the race Hickenlooper, I think, is the guy's name. He was like the, uh, I don't know what his title, no, that wasn't Hickenlooper, sorry. It was like the, it was the senator from Colorado that was running, and I don't even know the guy's name, so obviously he hasn't been in the debates since like the summertime, he hasn't been around, so he, he dropped out. You would have thought he would have dropped out about six months ago, right? But then the biggest name to drop out after New Hampshire is Andrew Yang. He got 3% of the vote in New Hampshire, so it was a pretty good turnout for him, but obviously he's not going to win. He's not going to get anywhere. Hopefully, in, in, or not hopefully, but in his mind, I think he's, he thinks he, he probably wants a cabinet position or something like that, right? So we'll see. So there he goes. Andrew Yang, he's out. Does that 3% of his vote go over to Bernie Sanders? <coughs> I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I would say 90% of those people that are Andrew Yang supporters are going to go over to Bernie Sanders. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens with that, right? Because uh, that'll help out Bernie Sanders a little bit. They're probably not going to go over to like an establishment person or even a um, Pete Buttigieg, but we'll see. One thing I noticed about Pete Buttigieg the other night, though, uh, he called for the legalization of all drugs, the decriminalization of all drugs, I guess is what you would say, and said fight, fight drug use with uh, rehabilitation, not with prison time. And I think that that's a very solid statement, so I'm going to give him credit for that, guys. I really am. It makes me like him about 1% more, and maybe 10% more. He's still a socialist in his views. He still has lots of socialist tendencies, so we'll see how that works out. But uh, that's, that's a, that, I'll, I wonder if that statement is going to help him to get a lot of like the libertarian vote as well. Because libertarians are really on board with the idea of decriminalization. I mean, I've even heard on Reason, Reason Radio, or Reason um, 
their podcast. They were even praising him for that. So see what happens, right? And that's it. That's all that's going on with the elections right now. Uh, not much going on in the libertarian movement, like I said about the Iowa caucus that they had with, with uh, Jacob Hornberger winning. So that's about it. Um, our time to shine, guys, will be in June, whenever, uh, or I guess it's like the end of May, whenever we have our uh, national convention. And then once we nominate somebody, that person's going to want a 50, 50 state tour. And I will be covering that for you guys, all right? Um, and that's it. One last point that I wanted to make, though. You know how you always hear politicians and they say, I'm just going to do what's right for the American people. And the American people want this and the American people want that. And when a politician says that, it drives me absolutely crazy. And every politician, you're going to start noticing this now that I pointed out to you. A poli- they always say, I'm going to, like the senators, I'm going to do what's right by the people of my state. And, uh, you know, the American people want to have health care. They want to have uh, help with their health care. They want ha- the government to lower their drug costs. And the American people want this. The American people want that. And how can you have a blanket statement for quote, the American people, that all the American people want it, because every single time a politician on the right says something about the American people want this, no, the 20 or 30% of the people that follow that person want that, that's it, and then, or follow that party, I guess, want that, and then on the on the left, same thing, the American people want this, and I'm going to do it that for the American people, that's the 20 or 30% of Democrats that want that. Then there's the people that are in the, you know, the 40, 50% of the people that are in the middle that could care less one way or the other that don't want that, that don't want you meddling in their lives. Yet they continue to use that term because somehow it makes it rationalize in their mind, but I guess it's good for TV. It's one of those things that has probably been, um, been tested like in marketing campaigns by saying that American people want, or I'm going to do it because the American people say so. It's been tested and it works, but don't believe that hype, guys. I'm sure you don't. You're libertarian, so I'm sure that's the case, but that's that's all I got to say. Just you know, keep an eye on these people and what they say because it's really just a cunning way to get you to try to believe it that, or agree with them when they say crap like that. Uh, but anyway, guys, that is all I got for you today. Like I said, feeling pretty rough. I uh, have a chest cold, and now it's going into my head as well. So it's just, uh, I, ha- I have to go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up. So uh, go ahead, though, if you want to, give me a five-star rating review. If you think that the show that I put together every single week for you, the two shows that I do a week, are pretty good, I appreciate the five-star ratings and reviews. I've gotten a couple of those lately, and I certainly do appreciate that. It helps me with the uh, ratings that we get, and it also helps with the algorithms that Apple has. Then you can check me out on IonTheEmpire.com and on Facebook and Twitter like that, I am the Empire. And then if you come back on Monday, you'll have clear vision for 2020.